There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have a car stop in Tampa Branch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon with 27 years of service. And with me tonight, straight out of Brooklyn, retired NYPD Detective Phil Grimaldi. How you doing tonight, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy, and I'm going to be uh, very upfront. I'm very impressed with our guest tonight, and I think this is a very important case. Absolutely. Uh, guys, we're going to be covering the the, the Dylan um Rounds case tonight, who has been missing for th three weeks so far. And this is an, a pretty interesting case in the fact that Dylan's a young entrepreneur who's a farmer who's been farming by himself out in this area of Utah for just about three years. Very impressed with him, very impressed with his mom. And we're going to c cover this case today as to where what possibly could have happened to Dylan and we have his mom on the show tonight, as well as there's Twyla from Equisearch Midwest. How you doing tonight, Twyla? Can you hear me? I think her mic is muted. Oh, there she goes. Twyla, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are y'all? Okay, we're doing well. We're doing well. We're not used to a lot of y'alls and stuff, but we'll, we'll get used to it. We'll uh, we'll respond to that. We just lost Candace. Uh, we lost Candace for a minute. Uh, I don't know if she's having... Um, problems with her with her um with her link up right now but what uh, one of the things we're looking into is of course we mentioned that that Dylan Rounds is a young entrepreneur 19 years old who has been missing for approximately 3 weeks now and this case is a little bit uh, well it's a lot bit there's some suspicious nature to this case and uh Candace uh, Cooley his mom came right out and said that. I'm going to play a little bit of her interview but, uh, on um, on East Idaho News, and then hopefully by that time uh, we get some, some of this played, she'll, she'll be back on the air. Let me put this back on. where his farm is we got a phone call but we don't know if he was there okay so why don't we go back to the beginning when he first disappeared were you in touch with him before then yeah so i spoke with him on thursday and his dad justin spoke with him thursday then his grandmother spoke with him um saturday morning may 28th and he said he couldn't talk because he had to get his grain truck in the shed because he had seed in it and he was planting so he couldn't get a seed wet so he's got a farm there. Yes. And where is Lucin? Um, so Lucin's just on the other side of the Great Salt Lake. Okay. I guess it'd be the best way to explain it to people. So it's on the Nevada border of the state um, and, by and, Park Valley in that. Okay, so close to the Nevada border. How long has he been farming there? So this will be his third season. Third season. So he's lived there a while. Yeah, so he goes, um, he doesn't live there full time. He he goes to his dad's Justin's in Eastern Idaho. He comes to my house in Hazleton, but in the summer, he's pretty much down there. So had he just recently gone back for the season? Yeah, he'd been on the wine cup gamble doing some custom work and on a, another farm in Independence Valley doing some work. And then he was finishing up his farm. I see. So he speaks with a family member on the 28th of May. Correct. And that's the last contact anybody's had with him. Correct. Did he say anything unusual? No, just said he had to get his grain truck in because it was raining. That was it? That was it. So when did you realize he something wasn't right? So his grandmother sent some of the people out there she knew to go check on him because she hadn't heard back from him. And then we kind of put it together on Monday that nobody had spoken to him because Dylan... You would go two or three days without hearing from him. That's not uncommon. But he was always in contact with either Justin or myself or his grandmother or his friend JD. He was always in contact with someone. So it took, you know, a day and a half to put together that he'd been in contact with no one. Which was unusual. Yes. So Monday comes around and grandma says, ask people to go check on him at the farm. 
so grandma asked Sunday for people to go check Sunday. on the farm. Monday is when we all went down and called search and rescue and the police out. What did you find at the farm? So when search and rescue arrived, it was approximately four, between four and five. And within the first hour and a half, um, and we didn't initially release this, they found his boots. And so from where his grain truck was parked, his boots were about 100 yards south behind a pile of dirt, just casually tossed out. And that's our frustration. Right there, it should have been foul play. Did he have another pair of boots he could have been No, wearing? and that is the thing with Dylan. He is very particular about his boots. His He wears a pair, and it's always the same. When they're worn out, he goes and he buys the exact same boots. He's been that way since he was three. I have old boots of Dylan's as decoration in my house, and I would have to search on Amazon to find the same exact color, the same exact pair when one wore out. So it's it's not a recent habit. It's a very, I mean, it's it's his pattern. He's always been that way. So he wears the same pair everywhere. Yes. And you found them behind a pile of dirt. Yes. And then mm. we were since told by detectives that there was a spot of blood on the boots and they were being sent to the lab. And this was on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. But after that Saturday. After that Saturday. So the boots were found Monday. Then we were told this. Then we found out from detectives the boots had not been sent to the lab. And this was on Saturday when they came back out, that they were being held in case the cadaver dogs needed them, which cadaver dogs do not need a scent. They search for human remains. So the boots just didn't get sent in. Was there anything else suspicious? So his pickup, when we got looking around, so we were frantic at first. So we went in, we tossed his camper, looking for his keys. Couldn't find his keys, his key fob. So Justin broke out the back window. Go through his pickup, try to see what we can find wasn't until a couple days later, and, and mind you not, through all this, the detectives are not making this a crime scene. They're not blocking this off. So all the people out searching, everybody out there, they're around Dylan's pickup, they're around his camper, they're touching everything. There's no tracks. So in Lucin that weekend, it was raining, and you're in the middle of a desert, and tracks are everywhere when it rains. Dylan's pickup has been pressure washed. And, and we just, we didn't catch it in the first couple of days because we were just frantic. We weren't even thinking about it. But then we had some people from Utah come forward and they were cavers and they were out there that weekend. And she called me and she gave me a bunch of great information, pictures about the weather, what the landscape looked like with the puddles. And when we pulled in Monday, we left tracks. We still had tracks. It was still that wet. There's nothing behind Dylan's pickup. There is no track that it ever, that it moved for weeks. We know it had, but there's no tracks. There's no mud on the tires. There's no mud on the rims. But one place they missed was the wheel wells. So the wheel wells are full of mud, like it had been driven in the rain, and we have videos of it. But the tires, the pickup, there's no, you know, you should have mud on the side of it. You should have, there's nothing. It's been cleaned. Mm. So. Twyla, I think that you've um, seen some of this investigation and you've also been out there to search. What can you tell us about the search? Well, I haven't actually been out there to search, but I have had people out there. Um, I do know it's most definitely a lot, a lot of terrain out there. It is rough. Um, I've Equisearch has actually had uh, pilots, drone pilots out there. And I know that we've had issues with that because of the weather and the winds and stuff like that. And I was told by one pilot that um, because of the iron that's in the ground or something, it messes with the with something with the drone. I don't know. But I have had pilots out there and I plan I'm working with Candace and law enforcement to get some other pilots out there. But I do know it's it's just a lot of land out there. It's a lot and um, I, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to do what I have to do out there. Um, I, d I just know it's a lot. And this is how I feel. I feel like somebody can't go missing without somebody knowing. And I'm to the point now to where somebody knows something. Somebody most definitely knows something. And when you can't do something in the dark and it not come to light because it's going to come to light. And I hope whoever it is that's involved with this sees and hears me saying this. Um, nobody's going to give up. I know Equisearch isn't giving up. I'm not going to give up. And I know Candace isn't going to give up. 
And I, I just want you to know that everything that happens in the dark will come to light. And, and there would be justice for Dylan. And we, we will find Dylan one way or another. You know, Twyla, we've had several um, interactions with you uh, through Duty Ron and uh, working the Summer Wells case and some other cases. And you guys do God's work and you're unbelievable. Absolutely. You, Dave Rader, we actually were even made honorary members of uh, Midwest Equus. I'm still waiting for my T-shirt, but uh, <laughs> we were made <laughs> We were made honorary members. Candace, it's good to see you back. I know you were having some connection problems right uh, before. It's, it's the wind. It's like 50 miles an hour. Well, while so, you're here, I'm going to make sure you, your connection doesn't blow away and we get to talk to you. Yeah, you know, you've, right. said, you've said several times that you didn't think early on that the investigators took this seriously. And I picked up right away before even talking to you that and I said it early on. I said, you're a business owner, aren't you? And I took that on because you're so assertive and you're so, you don't wait for people to answer questions. You ask them. And right. I know. So that's how you, you could probably run this investigation. So I was very impressed with that. So why don't you uh, just sort of get us up to speed on why you think that they didn't jump on this as quickly as they should have. Well, as we all know, you know, 19-year-olds walk away, 21-year-olds, you know, kids don't want to deal with their parents, their situations. They get stressed and they walk away. That's not Dylan. Dylan Dylan created the little life, the little world that he wanted. So we knew from the get-go, um, you know, the second Justin and I seen those boots, we we took law enforcement's lead, right? That's what you're supposed to do. You You take their lead. But they still weren't listening to us. So, you know, here you got a 19-year-old kid building his own farm, almost 20 years old, and you find his boots. And so we kept following lead and we kept following lead. And we knew, we knew, we knew something was wrong. And we just didn't have any direction. We didn't have any guidance. We didn't have any help. I mean, they just continued leaving us in the desert by ourselves. Did I mean my family's there to attest to that? Justin's friends, Justin's family, we were basically left in the desert without help. And we knew. I mean, this. You know, this Candace, Candace, can I just read this from a, an article? And this says a lot about what you're talking about. Justin's family asked sheriff's deputies to conduct a welfare check on May 30th. Deputies found several suspicious circumstances, including a pair of Justin's boots that appeared to have blood on them, of according Dylan. to family members. No tire tracks in the dirt leading to where his pickup was found or mud on the tires and his phone and wallet were missing. Okay. That's pretty damn suspicious. But first of all, there was no welfare check called. Okay, guys, you're out in the middle of nowhere. When myself and Justin and grandparents, we all put together that nobody had heard from Dylan. There was no welfare check. I called in a missing persons report immediately. Um, it was Justin's boot or Dylan's boots, not Justin's. But the second that you're trying to find somebody and you have two parents out there and they look at the boots and they know immediately these are our son's boots. Justin and I knew immediately the boots were put on the back of search and rescue side by sides and they did not make it to the lab until a full week later, a full seven days. Candace, at that point, are you going to tell me that they didn't have a coordinated search started knowing that his cell phone wallet was missing and his boots were there? There was no coordinated search of the area? Mm -mm. Wow, well, they had, they had they had Box Elder uh, Search and Rescue. The, um, they had the volunteers out there. and, and those Was that on the 30th, though? Was that on the 30th, Candace? Yes, that was on the 30th. Okay. And don't get me wrong, those people were amazing there who found the boots. And then... On May 31st, they had not only Box Elder, not only the volunteers, but also the actual sheriff's department search okay. and rescue. But they called it by 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They all pulled out. They called it. And when, we, you say, and, when you say they called it, they stopped the search at 2 or 3 o'clock yes. in, in the afternoon on the 31st. They now, left. what was the grounds? Did they give you a reason why they were going to uh, discontinue the search? Nope. Nope. Nobody even talked to us about it. Okay. Uh, one quick thing, because this is in my mind about the video that Bill played while you were out uh, when you had the trouble uh, uh, connecting. The, the pickup truck 
appears to have been washed. Now, with right. a power washer, I think you mentioned a power washer. Now, it would seem somebody in a haste would wash the truck and not go into the wheel wells. Now, my question is, if your son Dylan was going to wash the truck, would he? do you think he would clean out the wheel welds? Or did he have a practice of using a power washer to clean the pickup? Dylan didn't wash his pickup. Okay. It was so a that, that's very strange, right? That's another red flag we call uh, we yeah. call that another Dylan would show up here where I live in southern Idaho and he'd show up to his dad's. Dylan didn't wash his pickup. Dylan let the rain wash his pickup. It it wasn't it's kind of like I don't know if you guys seen that picture on Facebook that I put up that says first time I've washed my dodge in 2020, and that was in August. And he <laughs> finally washed his pickup. So no, it's so out of character, especially you're not going to wash a pickup in the middle of the desert and how that soil is when it's continuing to rain. You're not going to do it. That's the most pointless thing you could do is wash your pickup to go drive it through the mud, let alone the fact he didn't wash his pickup. Now, now I know that there was a power washer on his property. I yeah. remember seeing that in, uh, on Duty Ron's show. Now, was the power washer in a close proximity to where the vehicle was found? Or yeah, did yeah. it look like it had been used? Yeah, you got to think, Dylan, everything in Dylan's proximity is close. Whether or not the pre power washer, pressure washer was used, there's, there's, there's no way to tell. Dylan's got his hoses. You know, okay. everything's already set up, so there's really no way to even – you know, say it was used. Candace, someone in the chat, uh, Raul Thomas says, the seat position and the four-wheel drive low setting. Yes. And I know you mentioned that, that the seat was way back. He would never have that seat weight back. And no, that, it was forward. Uh, forward. Forward. Oh, forward. I'm sorry, forward. And yes. apparently the, the four-wheel drive didn't work or something, and this guy yeah. had it in the low position? So Dylan got a new transmission six, seven months ago. I'm, I'd, I'd have to look back and make the exact time, but he got a new transmission in his pickup. And when he got the transmission, the transfer case was not right. Dylan's four wheel drive did not work. And he cussed about it and he, I need to get my four wheel drive worked and they didn't do something right. And when, you know, when you get in these newer pickups, you shut them off and you take the keys out. So now Dylan didn't, I say, take the keys out, but it's the key fob. Uh, you know, a lot of times they go back to a setting. You know, it's it's like an automatic setting. So when I got in the pickup and I noticed how far forward the seat was, I'm 4'11", Dylan's 5'10", 5'11". There's no way he could even got in it. The steering wheel was down. And then I started it and I'm like, well, the four-wheel drives, they got it in four low. Like, And it's not it's not one of the automatic ones. It's got the actual knob that you turn. I mean, it's on the fly, but it's not one that you push a button. You got to twist the knob. Um, and, and I just thought it was really weird. So I made a mark in the dust at where the seat was when I got in it. And then when I took it back to where Justin, his dad was, and his friend was going to drive it back, and I turned it off put in part, got out of it, opened the door, and that automatic setting is not where it was. Candace, who has the truck now? ISP, Idaho State Police. So they finally did they invoice did the truck in order to process it for evidence. Yeah. But that was done a little bit late, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because they, they got the pickup, I want to say, uh, what are we, we're Saturday again? Gosh, it was Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, so over two full weeks into it. And when I, when I text the box elder detective that I had, you know, I was dealing with, and I said, well, can we take the pickup home? And I was basically told, yeah, it's yours. You guys can do whatever you want with it. Candace, the interior of the pickup truck, how did that look when you guys, that the first day that you guys went into the, the pickup truck, was it uh, like it would normally be, or did it look like it had been cleaned out? No, it was dusty. It was dusty. It was, okay. yep. And and that desert, you know, you, you got to think it's, it's, it's sand and it, it blows. I mean, you can have something perfectly clean and leave a window down and it's got a film of dust on it. I mean, it's just, it's so desolate out there and everything just blows. So it, you know, you can have something clean one day and. And then it's dirty to know. You know I just want to show a little bit of the terrain here for the audience. Yeah. So, so what you're, 
looking at that. In Box Elder County, Dylan's mother said his dream was to start up his own farm. And this spring, he started from scratch. Dylan's been working on this farm out in Lucin, Utah, his own farm, on getting the ground tore out and, and getting it prepared for a crop. This year was going to be his first crop. So that, that farm was his whole life. He lived in this camper, and when no one heard from him on Memorial Day weekend, his Idaho family traveled to his farm. It was abandoned. We've been searching. We've been looking everywhere. Search and Rescue came out on Monday, May 30th. They were out there in the afternoon, and that first afternoon, we located his boots. His mother said the boots were a short distance away from his RV camper, and it's the only pair he owns. At that point, it should have been treated as, as foul play. I mean, you just don't find somebody's boots in the desert that's missing. On the Box Elder County Sheriff's Facebook page, they consider it a missing persons case. They've received tips and continue to search the Lucent area. The Sheriff Post said his pickup truck was found on the property and believed he was on foot. His mother said despite recent rains before his disappearance, it appeared not to have been moved, raising more suspicions. It's like it never moved in the rain, like he never took it anywhere on Saturday, like they originally thought. Wednesday, before he was last seen in the town of nearby Lucen, he told his mother of a man walking barefoot along the road. He said, Mom, you'll never believe what happened to me. This guy jumped out of the desert. He was bloody. He didn't have shoes on. Um, you know, he wanted a ride. I didn't give him a ride. The family learned of the man, but she says he doesn't believe he's connected after talking with him. She's unsure if authorities feel likewise. Search and rescue units from both Box Elder County and nearby Nevada have continued to search the area, but there's still no sign of Dylan. He was so excited when I talked to him Thursday. He says, Mom, my grain's growing. It's coming up. I'm going to get a crop this year. I just, just ecstatic, high on the world about it, and then just vanished. Nothing, not a trace. Cooley says that they have found at least three persons of interest and have forwarded those names to the sheriff's office. She says they were former employees of Dillon. It's unclear whether they've been questioned. You know, Candace, that's what we uh, that's what we were going to ask you was that um, who are the persons of interest? Who have they questioned? Oh, I mean, there's there's a few things that need clarified that people keep getting wrong. First of all, Dylan's boots were not found anywhere near his camper. They were by his grain truck. Second of all, the run-in with the person in the desert, that person is in custody. And that's why we keep stirring away. And I'm sure you guys have seen where you've been following it. We say they're cleared with us. What we mean by they're cleared with us is stop hitting me up on Facebook. Stop calling my phone number and saying, hey, we know where Chase is. Well, yeah, I do too. He's in jail and has been for almost two full weeks now. So as far as Justin and I are concerned, his father, we can't do anymore. We we did law enforcement's job. We found Chase for him. By putting up a $5,000 reward, we found Chase. So now that he's in custody, we don't know. Maybe he has something to do with him. Maybe he doesn't, but we don't know. But as far as we are concerned, where he is in custody, he's cleared through us because we found him. We got him where he needed to be, and there's nothing we can do. Now, how does he fit into the uh, your son's life, this guy Chase? He's a, he was a worker? He really, he really, no, 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 no. And that's the other thing. Nobody said anything. So so they keep getting it all wrong. People, you know, you, know, you listen to that piece you guys just aired, and that's a robo that's a robo speaker. They're, they're pulling stuff off my Facebook. They're pulling stuff off of interviews and that's somebody talking. I mean, I've heard so many robo interviews, like, you know, here's what's going on with Dylan rounds and they're pulling exactly what's on my Facebook and Justin's Facebook and the fine Dylan rounds Facebook. And then they put it into those robo words, but they miss out a lot. So until this happened, I never heard the name Chase out of Dylan's mouth. Never heard it. Never heard the man's name. And the morning Dylan called me and said, he, you know, everybody, they've spun it off as a run-in. I never said it was a run-in. I never said it was mysterious. All I knew is Dylan said this man. 
He didn't say this mysterious man. He didn't say there was a run-in. He wasn't worried about it in the least. He called me laughing about it. Like, you'll never believe what happened, mom. Just like I say in all the interviews, but then we got all these people spinning it. But once again, the fact of the matter is, is the man's in custody. So, so Chase, Chase was a stranger then? I I don't know. I've never heard the man's name. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Did, did Dylan know him? Did apparently everybody in the County knows him. They wanted him. Everybody in the town of Montello, they all wanted him chased out. But as far as I'm concerned, I never heard the name chase out of Dylan's mouth once. Not a single Candace, time. Someone in the chat asked, why is uh, chase in custody? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's unrelated warrants. So chase came forward when he came forward and got a hold of me. Cause we put the reward up. He knew he was going to go to jail. It's it's warrants that are unrelated to Dylan. Like I said, he's not cleared. He's not cleared as far as Justin and I are concerned. Nobody's cleared. But once they're in custody and they're in jail and they're not going anywhere, there's nothing else us as a family can do. You can't sit and think about Chase in jail. We keep we keep moving forward. We keep talking to everybody. We keep, keep everything out there. But Chase is... He's in jail. We can't do anything. Okay. You know, let me ask you something. I know in one of the interviews I saw you said that when the police went to the area of the farm where his um, trailer is and all his, his personal belongings are, all of a sudden all kinds of people came out of the woodwork and which just showed up there. Like, uh, I, I forget which interview it was. A lot of meth heads, strangers, a lot of homeless people out there. Is that true? No, no, no. I never said that. I said there's a lot of them out there. I didn't say okay. they showed up. I said there's that that area is so strange and so bizarre. This is where people go because they want to be off the grid. They're anti-government. They're I never said they showed up to Dylan's trailer. I said they're out here. Okay. So yeah, it's it's a bizarre, it is a bizarre, weird place. But but you know, Dylan was just like all of them, besides the fact he wasn't anti-government or any of that, but Dylan was trying to get away from the society that he couldn't afford to farm in. So he was, that's what he was doing. He was like, well, if I come out here, nobody's going to build houses around me. Nobody's going to want my land. Nobody's going to try to, you know, outdo me because nobody wants to be there. Now, how about the folks? How many people did Dylan have working for him? Oh, he had help off and on. I mean, he had, I was a guy who did all the backhoe work and then he had, you know, and we'll just throw it out there because everybody knows, you know, Jim and Don, they'd work with him off and on. Um, he really didn't need, he, he needed more specialized, you know, mechanic stuff. It, you got to think he had one pivot going which was that video you just showed. He had his one pivot running. It's a pretty simple one-man job. Besides, it's taken so much to get that one pivot going. That's where he needed the help was digging the pond, putting the main line in, that kind of stuff. Once it's up and running, you don't need a lot of help. You know, okay. you turn it on, you turn it off, and you let you let it run. It's an interesting, uh, I mean, I know nothing about farming, obviously, and I, I, although I know that it is really hard work. And uh, yeah. you would think that you would need help with uh, with some of the things, but I guess he could hire people as almost like a per diem type thing. He didn't need them every single day. Well, you know, day work, not per diem, but, you know, day work. But it, once again, we're talking about one pivot and, uh, you know, it, it's so small and it's, Everybody's so tight-knit and tight-lipped, and everybody protects everybody. And so when something like this happens, nobody talks. Nobody's talking. Right. We need somebody to talk. We need a break. We need a direction to go. We have got to have somebody break and talk. You know, we, How about we, that saddle saw bar? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of the Wadsworth family. It's all been thrown out there. They own both bars in town. Um you know, law enforcement's doing their thing. We got to let them do their thing. Yeah, right and now. might that be a place to shake the tree and find out some information? They have been. I mean, they they have been, you know, unfortunately, two and a half weeks too late. But they're shaking yeah. the tree now. 
Candace, are, are you Mr. Justin, Mr. Justin, he's got that twenty thousand dollars. He's ready. He's ready to get that out of his pocket into somebody else's hands. And it ain't going to take nothing except for that one little phone call. Even if you have to call it in uh, to Bill, uh, to Duty Ron, to Equisearch's tip line, make that call. Yep. And that money, he, it's burning a hole in his pocket. Somebody knows something. Somebody needs to talk because it, it's going to haunt you every night for the rest of your life when you lay down and go to sleep. Yeah. Twyla, I'm so glad that you came back in. I was like, what the hell happened? Oh, Twyla. no, I was here. I was here. I turned my camera off. I wanted at least yeah. one more y'all. Yeah. I want one more y'all before you left. You know, I can't. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, I was here. Yeah, but I was here the whole time. But you know what? What if the person that's out there, they could possibly already have eyes on you? People know. Why don't you just go ahead and come forward? What if this was your child? What if this was your mother? What if this was your father? What if this was everybody in your family? It's going to come out. It's going to come out one way or another. You know, one of our favorite expressions is uh, if you see something, say something, you know, and we're hoping that someone out there saw something and maybe even this 20 ward claim up there, but to get them to move and to, to say what they saw. Yeah, yeah, because you know what? This is this Miss Candace here. She's a ball of fire and she's not going to stop. She's doing everything the right way, the best way that I've ever seen. This is what a real parent does when their child is missing. And this lady's not going to stop. And at the end of the day, she's going to get to the bottom of where and what happened to her son because somebody out there does know and she's not going to stop. No, there's no way. Twyla brings up a great point because I've worked on some cases and there was a recent case about five or six years ago where there was a murder and they put a $50,000 reward up uh, right after they released video of the murderer. And within hours, uh, a call was made giving the, uh, the perpetrator's name up and that led to the conclusion of the case. So again, $20,000 is a large sum of money. Uh, somebody out there that knows something Call that number that's on the screen, the 435-734-3800, uh, $20,000. Uh, if you can tell uh, what happened to uh, uh, Dylan, where he is, his location, um, that would be uh, a large sum of money for someone uh, you know, out there today. And I think that uh, we say that the, uh, the reward usually opens a lot of doors in this type of uh, – in this type of a case and uh, could lean to, to uh, some useful information. Candace, yes, I want to ask you. And don't okay. cloud, don't cloud their investigation with all these um, tips. Yeah. You know, people believe in psychics and mediums, but right now when it comes to an investigation, quit harassing law enforcement because they have to go out and check out every single tip. Make sense of it first. If it doesn't make sense, then don't do it. And if a psychic or a medium says, well, this is where they're at, da, 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 da. In my eyes, not to disrespect anybody in that in that field, but in my eyes, if that stuff were true, and there could be good ones out there, they would have done been over there and found him as well as others. Leave this family alone. If you've seen something, um, turn it in. If you've seen that truck out driving somewhere, if you've seen it, one similar, you know, say something, but leave this family alone, quit harassing them, quit throwing stuff out there and quit, quit clogging up the investigation with all this craziness because Good for one, point. Dylan don't deserve it and neither does his family. Twyla, you know something? Amen. You know how many times yeah. we say that people think that I'll call them content providers on uh, content creators on YouTube. Most of them have no police training. Most of them are not investigators. Most of them are entertainers. So they don't realize the damage they're doing with some of the bullshit they put out there. Just like yeah. what you said, every single tip has to be checked out by the police. You want to give them busy work? They don't need busy work right now. They're doing the real work. They're doing the real gumshoe work. They don't need some asinine internet tip that has nothing to do with anything clouding their workday, you know? Yeah, exactly Candace, what, what is, yeah. Candace, what is your day-to-day -day like right now? Oh, it's, it's hell. It's just hell. I don't even see how she's sitting here um, having conversation with her. I've had conversation with her at almost midnight, and I'm like, please just try to get you some rest. This lady never stops. I don't even see how she's still going, honestly. If, if I got two sides, I've got the mommy that won't.
wants to break down and I've got the mommy that wants to find Dylan and I'm on the ladder because if you break down and you don't keep it out there and we don't keep everybody keep his, he's not going to become a face on a poster, not over my watch. He's not going to become a missing poster kid. So yeah, trust me, I go back and forth. I wake up, you know, I'll, I'll get my little bit of sleep and I'll go back and forth and I'll wake up. And every time I wake up, I'm like, oh, please let it be a nightmare. And then I got to relive it. But I am of no use to helping find Dylan if I am a mess and can't hold it together and can't keep the facts straight and can't get it out there that somebody took my son. What they've done with him, we don't know. But I do know somebody took him. So that that is my focus. I'm not going to be the hysterical bawling on media because it's so hard. I, I see these other moms and I've had a lot of moms reach out to me and they're like, we don't know how you're doing it. And I'm like, I don't have a choice. This, this is my way of helping. This is my way of helping find Dylan is through media. 100%. Let me play a little bit of this. Two and a half weeks into the search through this barren desert. It's been horrible because we don't have anything. There's still no clear direction. I mean, we have beat that desert. For where 19-year-old Dylan Rounds could be. We go down the rabbit hole and there's nothing. We come back out of it and we jump down another one and there's still nothing. Frustrating doesn't begin to describe the experience for Dylan's mom, Candace Cooley. Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible, the not knowing. Dylan has been living in this trailer off and on for the last few years. It's all there. It's like he just vanished. Working the land. His farm was his life. For him to just walk away, we knew was not a possibility. Oh, if I could summarize this search, it would be uh, difficult and exhausting. Box Elder County Chief Deputy Cade Palmer says volunteer teams have logged 300 plus hours of searching, covering more than 3,000 miles and still no answers. That's when things start looking like it's not normal. There's something else going on. Now they're calling Dylan's disappearance a criminal investigation. Whether you find evidence of a crime or not, he wasn't in the area he was supposed to be in. The effort is overdue in Candace's mind. We might be a little bit behind the boat, but at least it's happening. As difficult as it is to bear, the added criminal investigation offers some relief in this remote desert. You feel like you don't have to do it by yourself. You're not alone anymore. Knowing others are determined to find her son. People out there know. Yeah, as you heard, Candace believes that someone out there knows something. Detectives were out there again today, and they're not alone. You have canines, drones, uh, volunteers, and several other agencies all a part of this search. Candace, at this point, um, who is the lead agency? I don't know. I believe it's no box elder. We know the FBI is assisting. Um, that. That has been the biggest issue. I mean, we're finally, they finally turned it to criminal. Um, and I'm not, I mean, they're out there now and they're working with us and, and, and they're on it. But that doesn't excuse what has happened for the last two and a half weeks. And I will not let it be excused because it should have been that way from the day Dylan's boots were found. And so I, I have a real hard time and I go back and forth because I'm like, great, now we got some help. Everybody's, you know, they're on full alert. They're helping. They're out there. They're actively doing stuff that we don't even know about. But why weren't they doing this two and a half weeks ago? Why? Why, as us as a family, why did we have to sit out in that desert alone? Why were we lied to? Why, why were we left to figure this out? Why were we playing detective? I and I will not let that go. And I know they want me to because they're out there now, but I won't. I will not silence myself because there are other families out there who are going to face this same situation. And if there is one positive thing I can spin off of this is to, to tell other families, don't. If law enforcement is not doing what they should be doing, don't back down. Don't feel threatened. You're not doing anything wrong as a citizen asking law enforcement to do their job. You know, Candace, you're so right. You're so right. You have to be your own advocate. You yeah, have to be your strongest. And if you don't yeah. do it, no one is going to do it for you. Right. Exactly. And and we have, 
you know, Justin's family and his support group. And I have myself and my husband and my family and our support group. Um, you know, I, I, I look at these other families and the other moms that have reached out to me and they've done this on their own. They don't, they don't have the support that I have. I wouldn't have been able to, I, I'm not getting through it. I wouldn't get through it without the support group that we have. I mean, it's huge. And a lot of families don't have that and that's not fair. And so if you don't have the support group and you don't feel you're getting the help from law enforcement that you need, you don't use your voice against law enforcement because you, you don't have anybody that has your back. You gotta have people that have your back. So, you know, my heart goes out besides what our family's going through. I, I just, I can't imagine some of these other cases that don't have that support. I mean, it's just, I just can't imagine. Candace, I got to ask you a couple of quick questions. Home computer, laptop, cell phone, dash cam on the car. Did he have any of those? Uh, no. So Dylan was not a technology person, okay. just a cell phone, no laptop, no iPad, none of that. Mm -mm. Nope. Any connection to social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat? Um, he had Facebook and he had um, Snapchat and we've already tracked down his last posts about his farm in November. Hey, okay. Candace, do you know if his uh, Snapchat location is on? Sometimes people have their location on and don't know right. that it's on. Right. So, so your apps will bounce off of everything. We're still, that's law enforcement is dealing with that. Um, they are tracking all of his apps. And so we'll let them get all that tracked down. Um, amazingly, out in that barren desert, the cell phone service. How horrible. No, it's I, terrific. It's amazing. The other day where the drone was flying at, he told me he had no service. He, he couldn't has, even get one of the drones he, off the floor. He probably had T-Mobile. If you have Verizon or AT&T, if you have one of the main carriers, it's amazing. I have been working from there. I have been doing interviews from there. I was constantly in contact with Dylan from there. But if you have one of the third-party carriers, then yeah, it's no good. But That's I'm good telling you, it is... I mean, I can run off of my hotspot and be on the internet. Like I said, I can live stream better there than I can from my office with a metal roof. So, yeah, the cell service is amazing if you're one of the main carriers. That's great. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to us, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. If you want to support our podcast via Patreon, we have three different levels. We also have a YouTube membership with five different levels. You see the folks in the green font. They're members of our YouTube channel. We appreciate all your support. This is a very difficult case, everyone. Dylan Rounds, his mom. Uh, you know, when I saw you on Duty Ron's show and I saw some of your interviews, I was like, that's a strong lady. And I'm not just saying that because you're in front of me. But you know something? You got to realize also you have a breaking point. So I hope that you right. take me time to... To you know, get take some time every day for yourself because, it, you know, look, we've been in this business for a long time, and it, it can crack even the strongest person. And yeah. this is your son that's involved here, and it's it's a very, very emotional, I'm sure. And and thank God you do have such a, a support group of people helping you out because that's really important too. Yeah, a strong constitution. Uh, I always say that in a situation, a tense situation. Uh, if you panic, it just leads to chaos. You're obviously <clears throat> not panicked. You're very focused. I really have to commend you on that. I, I can't say enough about it. And I think that uh, you're doing all the right things. Bill said she could be running this investigation before we went on the air when we were talking right before you came on. Uh, she's really being assertive about it. And that's great. I mean, you're going to definitely, uh, you know, get to a conclusion on this case. I'm sure of it. Um there was one question I had about the, the phone call that he had, the last phone call with his grandmother. Right. Uh, what day was that? That Now, he was reported Saturday. on, that, that, that was, was on Saturday. Saturday the 28th. Now, he was supposed to call her back? Correct. Now, was he supposed to call her back that same day, or was that going to be the next day, or do you know? You, you never know. It's Dylan. Okay. He's going to call you back when he's not busy. Okay. I mean, Yeah. It, like I said, there's there's nothing out of the ordinary to go two, three, four days without hearing from Dylan. But it's always his father, Justin, myself, or his grandparents. One of us hears from him on a daily basis. So, you know, besides the fact of 
48 hours after nobody heard from him. And then we all get there. And then we're two and a half weeks into trying to find him before we really get any help that we actually need. So whatever happened and whoever did this has had pretty much a full three weeks now, a full three weeks to decide if they want to move stuff around, if they want to get rid of stuff. So, it, you know, it, it's, that's, that's where it's so frustrating. That's where it's, imagine. you know, that people won't listen to us at the authority while he could still be in a casino somewhere. And, you know, Justin and I were looking at each other like, no, no, Dylan's not going to go gamble. He'll go buy some new lights for his tractor. Like it, you know, and, and that's another question we've got a lot. Like his, his credit card, he had his farm credit card, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing. I mean, it's got a high limit. It's got a high limit because tractor parts, equipment parts, they're expensive. No charges, no nothing. People, if, if somebody would have came up on him in the desert and, and, you know, Wanda Robin, his, his generators, his equipment, his parts, his tools, nothing, nothing has moved her out of the ordinary. Candace, did he, did he ride around with a gun, with a firearm? Did he carry? You know, yeah, Dylan, Dylan had his guns and he, we, we don't know where the pistol's at. You know, that's one thing we're still looking for. Um, he was always, he was always packing. Everybody out there does. Sorry, I mean, the pistol wasn't. I don't mean to interrupt you, Candace, but the pistol was not recovered. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Just looking at this terrain and stuff. I mean, I I think yeah. I would be I'd be strapped every day. Search and rescue. Everybody is. The area looks like where deputies last picked up information on 19-year-old Dylan Rounds' whereabouts. So there were cell phone pings on May 28th that indicated that Dylan was. Uh, at least Dylan's phone was located in the Lewisane area of Utah. Deputies later found Dylan's boots and pickup. We were allowed to take the pickup home. We have the pickup. So anything that could have been pulled off the pickup, as far as the way the pickup records stuff, it, it may be gone because it hasn't been treated. I, it, we feel, and well, we know, Utah is still treating it as a simple missing person's case. Candace says at first she was frustrated with the law enforcement response. But there's a lot more going on today. Box Elder deputies from Utah are out searching, and on the Nevada side, Elko deputies are following up on leads. There's conflicting information, so we're trying to, to vet all the, all the information to find out what is rumors and also what it would be actual factual. We're trying to get down to the facts. And volunteers are searching for feeding searchers. This is something that I do. I like to be charitable. Um, People when people need help, I think people need to step up. Dylan's parents are holding up by focusing on the search. That's got to be our focus because if you break down in the middle of this, your your focus becomes your emotions, and when your emotions take over, you're not logical. And if you're not logical, precise, and going off of facts, we are no good to helping find Dylan. Brian Champagne. I think that was pretty uh pretty right on. You know, uh, now how about his his cell phones that have been found? No, and, and let me clarify when they say deputies found his pickup. His pickup was never missing. Right. His pickup was at his camp trailer the whole time. It was never missing. They didn't find anything. It was always there. Um, his dad, Justin, he was allowed to bust the back window out of that pickup after Dylan's boots were found because there was no key fob. Um, and... So we asked Box Elder, one of the sheriffs that was out there, you know, can you pick the lock? We're looking for his gun. We're looking for anything, right, guys? We're looking for anything. And he said, no, I don't have a whatever, Slim Jim. Slim yeah, don't have one with me. And so Justin asked him, well, can I back, can I bust the back window out? My name's on the pickup. We were basically told, yeah, do whatever you want. We don't care. So Justin busted the back window out of the pickup, and we were all over it along with about 300 other people touched that pickup. It was never, ever taken into Box Elder County. Um, that's why Idaho State Police have it. It's because we took it back to Justin's place. His father's in eastern Idaho. Um, they never asked us for the pickup. They never asked us about the pickup. They never made any efforts to process it. The grain truck back in eastern Idaho, it was never processed. The campers, they did finally get hauled off to Box Elder County after everything started rolling this week. But even at that, the campers were the least of my worries. 
the people weren't in his camp. Like their his pickup was the main thing, but none of it, none of it's been done, guys. I mean, it's happening now, but once again, three weeks into this. Yeah, that's not uh, should have been cataloged and, <clears throat> and examined uh, right from the from the beginning. Um, yeah. Candice, you touched a little bit on uh, somebody had mentioned he could be in a casino somewhere. Obviously, there's no credit card uh, activity no. and there's no cell phone activity. But uh, I want to ask you a hard question, um, you know, because people might say, oh, maybe he's off on a bender. Did he use alcohol or narcotics that, you know, in your knowledge? Because yeah. he seems like an all-American clean cut kid. I mean, yeah. who who does what he does? Wants to yeah. start a farm. So he seemed like a very uh, focused young yeah. man, and he so was, he didn't have that kind of uh, history. He didn't smoke. He didn't. I mean, he just he just farmed. Um, not only was there not any of that type of history, there was, you know, Dylan would make his triangle between Lucerne, Eastern Idaho, and here in Southern Idaho, and we all seen him at you know weekly. Somebody's seen Dylan weekly, uh, I, you know, and that's, and I'm not saying I am an expert. I mean, I'm not a counselor. I'm not, but I know my son and, you know, this is a kid that's like, get me a case of bacon mom or pick me up, you know, some flannels at Costco. Cause I work at Costco too, or go to his dad to get parts or oil. Like he's not the kid that's, you know, give me money. And like I said, he's got access to so much money on his credit card, you guys know, you're both NYPD. If somebody has access to that much money and they have a drug habit or an alcohol habit, you're going to see it on their charges. Yeah. You're yeah. Gonna see it. 100%. There's no way they're not going to use that money. And Dylan, that was, I mean, his biggest charge was John Deere. <laughs> John Deere. I, I like those John Deere hats, you know. <laughs> yeah, or or the tire store, or you know, DMB or Cal Ranch, you know, which is our farm and ranch stores out here. That, and and even like pulling cash off, going through all of his statements over the last six months, he might pull three to four hundred dollars out a month. That's it. Candace, I didn't uh, bring it up to. Uh, you know, disparage uh, your son or anything like that. It's just questions that right. are obvious yes. to investigators. In well, all missing person cases, we always ask, what was the mental state of the person? Uh, do they have any habits? Well, or is there any uh, controversy going on with uh, loved ones? Or is there any fighting right. going on? Anything like that? So those are the obvious questions. That's why. Well, yeah. And, and you have to ask, you have to ask him. I mean, that's part of an investigation. You know, our thing with our answers to the questions when they asked us is we had proof of it. Here, here's his credit. Here's his pattern. Here's right. his credit cards. Here's his everything. And once again, like I said, it was still just a simple. This 19 year old walked off into the desert, and it just. Like I said we're we're two and a half weeks behind, but at, at least, at least we're finally getting some help, and we're we're seeing some action and stuff starting to roll, and, um, you know, people are really starting to pay attention, um. I don't think it would have happened without the media. I don't think it would have happened without our support group with all of our friends, all of our family, everybody pushing and sharing and continuing forward because, you know, after search and rescue called it and left on May 31st in the afternoon, you guys got to think it was like maybe 12 hours of searching between the two days and they literally left us in the desert. Wow. So I, with without everybody's help and everybody who knows Dylan and, yeah. and sharing, I I just I just think they were gonna walk away, and I still won't let that go. Even though we have the help we need now, we should have had it two and a half weeks ago. Candace, is this getting the um, law enforcement resources necessary to uh, yeah. address yeah, the I, situation? I, I, I feel like we're finally moving in a direction that a couple hundred pounds have been lifted off my shoulders. And I'm sure same with Justin, like now we're seeing some action. We're, we're seeing some sense of urgency. We, we never had a sense of urgency when, when all this first happened and everything, we all show up there on May 31st. And for the first full, like 17 days, 50, there was, there was no sense of urgency. There was, Justin and I would call and scream and scream and scream and yell at detectives and, and scream louder. And then they'd show up. A lot of times it was usually between nine and 10 o'clock at night. So we're out in the desert. We're exhausted. We've been searching all day. We're organizing other people. 
we're mentally, physically exhausted, and then the detectives roll in it between 9 and 10 o'clock at night. You're not even, you don't think clearly the whole time anyways, but you're way foggier at that point. You're so exhausted. Um, but, but I can say I feel now we have some stuff moving forward. I just, I wish it could have been this way from the beginning. Well, that, that's great. We're going to go to a quick commercial, Phil, just, uh, Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of the fence. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. Candice, uh, before we went on the air, you had asked me uh, to m- make this announcement. And you guys put up a $20,000 reward. You don't want anyone putting up a GoFundMe because there's a lot of scammers out there, folks. Right. So she, Candace personally uh, asked if I would make this announcement. So if you see a GoFundMe for this, uh, it's more than likely a fraud. So yes. uh, she's asking, no, yeah. So she's asking no one to put up a GoFundMe or pretend trying to collect money for this because they don't they didn't request that they didn't ask for it and chances are it is a fraudulent one. Yep. Yeah, and if it comes up under myself that we're doing it or Justin, you know, Dylan's father, no, it's it's just going in their pockets. So please don't. Glad we got that cleared up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Candace. Where are we going? Where are we going from here? And I know there's certain things you can't tell us, and we appreciate that, and we won't dig into that because it's not going to help the case. We're all about helping you. We're all about keeping his name out there. We're all about keeping attention on this case. Yeah. So right now, I can say there are some things moving forward, and you know, Justin and I both were. It's just a, it's just a deep breath. Like something's finally happening. So, we will continue keeping the public updated as we can keep them updated. But um, just so that everybody knows, they, we do have some stuff moving forward. So we just, we got our fingers, our toes, our legs, our arms, everything crossed. We can cross that. You know, give us a direction. Give us, give us anything. Give us, uh, you know. The not knowing, the not having anything is, it's it's the worst thing in the world. I mean, you can't, you know, I mean, people lose kids on a daily basis and, and that's bad enough in their own, you know, car accidents, freak accidents. It's the not having anything. You just, you walk out there and it's like, who, who would want to hurt Dylan? Who would want to do something and take Dylan? Here's this young man out there farming by himself and he's got this cocked grin and he's just happy to be in the world and doing what he loves to do. I mean, I just, I can't fathom why somebody would want to do something to him. So we just, we're going to keep going forward. We're going to keep working with law enforcement. I'm going to keep pushing through the media. We're going to keep Equisearch out there with us, um, you know, all over Canada groups that have helped us. Um, but I will not, we will not, Justin and I both, you know, he's been there on the ground the whole time. So I can do stuff like this. Um, we just, we won't give, it's not a kid that's going to become a face on a poster because he's so much more than that. Candace, you're terrific, you know, and, uh, I know I don't just speak for myself or Phil, but everyone in this chat, all the police off the cuff, real crime stories, family, everyone out there that's listening, everyone is super, not that you give a shit at this point, but everyone okay. is super impressed with you uh, and how you're, you're um, holding yourself up and how you, you, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a tough lady. And uh, we really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. It's well, coming from law enforcement. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're talking from a professional standpoint and I just want to say, Dylan is very, very lucky to have you as a mom and Justin as a dad. You guys are really right there for him. I don't think that uh, you could be doing anything more than you're doing. Uh, just have to really just tip our hats to you and uh, just you got to keep going. You got to keep doing it and uh, keep moving forward. 
Did we lose a bill? I think she froze up for a second. I just want to play a little bit of this. Share the screen for a second. You know, it's not their case. It's not their responsibility. It's the sheriff's responsibility. But once again, that was on Monday. And here we are Wednesday. We've been out. Thursday. Here we are Thursday and still nothing. So you're wanting Elko on the Nevada side, Box Elder on the Utah side. If they could somehow just come together, do a massive search, get the dogs out, Mm -hmm. get the people, maybe people on horses or ATVs, however these searches go. And and I'm sure there's people that want to volunteer to help, but is it one of those that if you head out there, do you want volunteers? So I'll put a post on Facebook. Um, We're going to organize another search starting um, Friday. We'll probably start a little tomorrow, but the big push on Saturday, Saturday. Again, the weekend. And so we're, we're hoping and doing this and putting it out there that Elko will step up and be like, okay, you know, you guys need the resources. Because Weber County came out after Box Elder. Weber County was out last Friday. And Weber County, Utah. Yes. And they did an amazing job. They did have a dog and they had a chopper and they had a ton of people out. And But, but that area, that specific Utah site that we were focused on, it's been covered. Even all the choppers say it's unreal. You can't go anywhere without a track. I mean, we have covered and covered and covered. Now we need to move sides. So you've searched this whole farm? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Except the boots. Except the boots and his pickup. My gosh. You look at this handsome kid. I mean, you yeah. look, I, I say kid because right? he looks I 12, I, yes, 13. I mean, yeah. looks like an innocent young man. Uh, Dylan Rounds is his name. We're going to put this picture on the screen here. He's 19. When's his birthday? Uh, August 1st, 2010. 5'10", around 160 pounds, brown hair and eyes. Obviously, his boots are still at the house, but his wallet's gone and his phone is gone. Mm-hmm. Car keys? Truck keys? Key fob's gone. Key fob's gone to the truck. Yep. All right. What should people do if they have information? Um, call into Box Elder, um, you know, and and push. And, and if you don't get the response box from Box Elder, Justin and I numbers are out there. We're just don't call us and ask us if, you know, did you search this? Did you search that? Trust me, we we have covered all that. But if if you know something specific or seen something, don't hesitate to call us. You know, it can be hard getting the tips through the, the police we're learning and then they can't share them with us. So well let let's hope he's somewhere you know alive and safe or maybe even injured, but but right. still here. What would you say to your son if I he just, sees this? Just come home. I, I just, I don't even, there's. Folks, um, we we lost Candace uh, in the signal. Uh, I was I was stolen for a little bit of time right there, hoping that she would come back. I think she had a tough signal. We also lost Twyla from uh, uh, Midwest EquiSearch. Twyla, if you're listening, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. All you folks that are in the chat, um, you're our supporters, your police off the cuff fans, I like to call you. I know people prefer to be called subscribers, but to me, you're our fans. Uh, anything we can do, if, if you're listening, Candace, or I'll, I'll reach out to you uh, off the air. I hope, uh, you know, we're here for you. Anything you need from us, um, uh, we're, we're always here to help you. Phil, last words? Last words, I just want to make a point to Candace, even though it was a rocky start with the involvement of law enforcement at this point, it sounds like they've caught up to speed and they're working with you. Try to remain in close contact with law enforcement. It's the best way to get to a conclusion on this case, even though, like I said, there was a rocky start in the beginning, working hand in hand with them. Uh, If they... Uh, uh, request for you not to say something publicly. I would say to do that. Uh, you don't want to compromise any of this investigation. Um, there's obviously some criticism uh, with the way things were handled in the beginning, but I think we could talk about that when we find Dylan and we know his whereabouts. Everyone out there, just keep a good thought, a positive vibe, prayers if you're religious. Uh, we need this young man. This is a young American boy 
that uh, I called him a boy because he's only 19 years old. And me being my age, uh, to me, he's a boy, but he was a man. He's an American man. And he was trying to live the American dream. And he was trying to do something good by farming. Uh, it's very commendable. And uh, let's hope for his safe return. Let's pray for that. Uh, these are strong people. He's got a tremendous support system. His mom and his dad, who we never met his dad, but from what his mom told us, uh, they're right in there. They're putting up money to try and uh, get people to generate leads and information. So uh, again, just keep them, the family and Dylan and your thoughts and prayers. And uh, let's hope that there's going to be a, uh, a happy ending to this story. Folks, prayers for uh, Dylan Rounds. God bless his mom, uh, Candace Cooley who's uh, amazing, doing amazing stuff. And folks, uh, God bless you and all you fathers out there in the uh, police off the cuff land. Have a happy Father's Day tomorrow. God bless everyone. Have a great night. Stay safe. And thank you, Twyla and Candace. Thank you very much. One episode, just ain't enough.